Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Credit to the commissioner, the owners, the players who all got involved and worked on these new rules, tested them out, over 8,000 minor league games, threw out the ones that didn't work, improved the ones that did work, and now we're excited to have these new rules that'll make the game better for the fans. You know, the game is about the players, and, and the rules will put the players in the center of the action. It's for the fans, and we think it'll be a better product overall for the fans to enjoy. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. You got to love that it's for the fans, and I, I do believe that uh, – that that is the case. And I'm I'm not sitting here telling you, David, I know you're a traditionalist. I'm not saying that baseball is dying or anything, but I think the younger fans aren't I, jumping on board in the same fashion that maybe they will with some of these little rule changes. I think I'm an inconsistent traditionalist. I, I do like these rules changes. I do like certain sports, maybe the traditions or the conventional wisdom more than others. Baseball, I'm ready for these changes because I do think the game needs them. I do think the fan experience needs to improve. So, real quickly, before we get to Theo Webstein, we're connecting with him, who is an MLB consultant. We know his past. On-field. On-field consultant. So, he's going to talk about what these changes will mean in terms of interest, in terms of the how it will change the pace of the game. Pitch timer, 15 seconds between pitches when the bases are empty, 20 seconds with runners on base. Defensive shift restrictions. Two infielders positioned on each side of second base. Infielders must have both feet within the outer boundary of the infield. Mm -hmm. Infielders may not switch sides unless there is a substitution. And this one, which is interesting, and I don't quite know the impact overall yet, but bigger bases. First, second, and third base are increased from 15 inches to an 18-inch square. So you have bigger bases as well. Curious about all the implications. I'm curious about how it will improve the contact, the pace, just overall the impact it will have on our viewing experience and how it will affect maybe the competitive uh, balance, if it will at all. Also want to talk to Theo about the schedule change. Yes. Playing every team rather than having the imbalance of playing your divisional right. foes more often. Yeah, I think that's all good stuff. I want to, I want to talk to him about the disengagement. In other words, the – you know, you won't have to go to the game and watch 15 throws to first base for the love of God. I mean, that's, that is a, a positive in my world. All right, let's get to uh, Theo Epstein. He joins us now on the SCORE hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, the home of the world's largest sports book. Theo, good morning. How are you? Morning, guys. Long time no talk. Good to hear your voices. Oh, it's Morning, great Theo. to hear your voice. Yeah. And, and can we just say thank you again, as long as we have you on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> we miss you, Theo. <laughs> Thanks. Miss, miss Chicago, too. Um, we moved about uh, eight months ago, and I've, I've been lucky enough to be back a couple times. But um, 
had a great 10 years there and, and really miss it every day. Well, that's wonderful. And you're well missed uh, yourself and well received always here in town. And, um, you know, uh, you're getting a lot of the credit for um, the influence that you've shown over these rule changes. And we're kind of excited about it, I think, because, you know, I got my my son's 18 and I, I've got a couple of daughters. They, you, you, they Kids are just not following baseball in the way that we did when we were younger. And I think part of that is because the games are taking three and a half hours, for God's sake, or whatever, 320. And, and I said to David, the best thing about this is – this will speed up the game. And, and I, you know, it's, we live in a world of these weird kind of uh, video games and this lack of attention. Yep. To, and, and I think this will help keep the fans loving the game of baseball. Yeah, well, first of all, I, I shouldn't be getting the credit at all. It's literally an industry-wide effort, you know, led by the commissioner and the owners and the joint competition committee and then the players who really dug in and, and helped improve um, a lot of these rules. But I, I agree with your premise. I mean, it's, it's a couple things. It, it is that, um, you know, the sensibility of, of uh, you know, Gen Z and, and does, doesn't necessarily match up with, with the pace of baseball and, and, and some, some, to some degree, the nature of baseball just with growing up on, on iPhones will shorten your attention span a little bit. And, you know, I know just from watching my own kids, you know, they like to skip to the end, skip right to the action, not necessarily invest, you know, three hours and 10 minutes, which is the average length of a major league game into something for the reward. And then, and then the other aspect of it is beyond that, the game has changed a lot over, over the last 20 years without any real intention behind it. It's just been, you know, natural evolution, optimizations pushed by, um, organizations, front offices, you know, in some cases, people like me uh, pushed by the players themselves is trying to get better. That has led the game down a path that nobody would have necessarily designed. You know, if we were sitting down 20, 30 years ago to, to plot out, you know, the next few decades of baseball, nobody would have sat there at the drawing board and said, hey, let's, let's come up with a game where the league gets closer to 240 than to 265, you know, um, actually closer to 220 than to 265 in the league at 243 last year. Nobody would have asked for a league where the strikeout rate for, for an average pitcher is higher than Bob Gibson's strikeout rate. No one would have asked for more than four minutes um, between balls put in play. No one would have asked for generational lows and stolen bases, triples and doubles. So it's clear the time is now to, step in and just be intentional about some hopefully subtle rule changes that will really improve the amount of action, the amount of athleticism and the pace of play and credit to the commissioner, the owners and the players for, for leaning in and trying to be intentional about it now. So Theo, I remember being there in October, 2011, where you basically took over as the president of the Cubs. And this was what the way things are going to go. This is what you guys are going to write. This is what's going to happen next. And you know mm -hmm. what? You were right. You were right, and the narrative played out exactly as you saw it playing out. I'm curious now. There's going to be some pushback. There's going to be some resistance. You're talking about America's national pastime. So when you change the game, people are going to maybe feel like, you know, how dare you? How is this going to go? What will the narrative be like going through it, and what will we say after we're used to it? Yeah, well, I think the – you know, the standard can't be to make everybody happy because that's, that's never, as a famous American once said, you, know, you can't please all the people all the time. So that's not going to happen. But um, 
look, these rules are rule changes are designed for the fans. And so um, I think it will in, in the long run go really well and make for a better version of baseball, a more entertaining product for the fans and therefore, you know, greater interest uh, in, in the game and a better industry overall for everybody that, that lifts, lifts everyone, including the players. And I think it'd be better for the players too. Um, you know, we did an extensive amount of fan outreach through um, surveys, through focus groups um, to get, to get the fans input on what they, what they liked about baseball and what they didn't like about baseball. And, and while everyone has a different version of what, you know, the best version of baseball might be that there was a lot of consensus around likes and dislikes and the, the likes were um, stolen bases, doubles, triples, great defensive plays, anything that involves action, athleticism, multiple players in motion, you know, drama, suspense, and as I said earlier, the, the, a lot of those things are at generational lows with the way the game has evolved to the three true outcomes. And then dislikes were, you know, inaction, dead time uh, between pitches, between at-bats, uh, pitching changes, mound visits, things like that where there's nothing going on. So, you know, we sat down to test a bunch of rules in the minor leagues, checked in with fans along the way, um, to, to, to make sure that the, you know, the, the impact of the rules resulted in a game that was more enjoyable for fans. So I'd say, you know, when you ask, how is this going to go? I think there is going to be um, an adjustment period. You know, we saw that in the minor leagues is about a three to four week adjustment period. Um, and, and we, and we actually pulled minor league players too. It was 8,000 minor league games that, that we wow. experimented with for these rules. And we pulled the players as well as the fans Hey, how long did it take to get used to this? What did you like? What didn't you like? And, you know, the pitch timer is a good example where there were, you know, multiple violations per game, um, which, you know, results in an automatic ball or an automatic strike, depending on, on, on who, whether it's the pitcher or the hitter, uh, who's the guilty party, for the first few weeks. And it started to slowly go down. And after three, four weeks, there was, between both teams combined, less than half a violation per game on average which means, you know, if you're following your favorite team, um, there's an automatic ball or automatic strike levied against your team on average just once, after, once every four games um, after the adjustment period. So it's, it's not, you know, once the adjustment period passes, it's not something that should interrupt the flow of the game. In fact, you know, another way to judge the success of these rules is if they're even noticed at all. And my hope is that after the adjustment period, which is spring training and then probably into April, you don't the same way when when you're watching you know an NBA game you don't notice the shot clock all the time all you notice is a great rhythm and flow to each possession and the ball going up and down the court hopefully you won't notice the pitch timer all all you'll notice is hey this is a really well paced game it's like Mark Burley's pitching for both teams that that <laughs> that would be just a success I love it uh, what is your favorite is that it is that your favorite new rule then the pitch clock or do you have one that you just like the look of it? Is there any one that really appeals to you as you were putting this all together? Or part of I like, yeah, I like the pitch timer because I think it's going to have the greatest impact. And, you know, it, the, the, the pace of play has slowed um, a little bit each year for the last 20 plus years to the point where, you know, you never even notice it changing so much, but that, but then if you, you, you know, you tune into, 
you know, a, a game from the 70s or 80s, you know, late at night on the MLB Network or ESPN Classic or something, which I don't even think exists anymore. But um, <laughs> you tune into a game, you look up and you see, I remember a few years ago, um, one of the games in the uh, 1975 World Series was on. And you notice it right away. It's like, wow, this is such a better version of baseball. Louis Tiant is getting the ball, gets his sign and fires like a pitch every 10 seconds. And you can't take your eyes off it. And then you sit there and you realize, wow, the game, not only does the game last, you know, 30, 40 minutes um, shorter without all the dead time, but it just, you, you know, it, there's just the action just jumps out at you and sort of the organic flow of the game. Every time you take a breath as a pitch delivery, which is kind of the way it's supposed to be, it keeps you locked in and creates a better version of baseball. So, we're so used to now, you know, the pitcher taking a stroll around the mound, the hitter stepping out, adjusting his batting gloves and everything else <laughs> between pitches. That I think is just going to be a breath of fresh air, um, resulting in you know better pace of play, get everyone home 20, 30 minutes earlier, and then importantly, also a, a, a better version of baseball. And we saw in our in our experiments in the minor leagues that with the pitch timer, once players adjusted to it again after those three, four-week adjustment period. Pitchers actually threw more strikes with the pitch timer because there's locked in more and, and, and more efficient. Hitters swung the bat a little bit more often. Uh, fielders uh, were locked in and, and in, in the game and therefore made, made better defensive plays. So just, just overall a crisper, better version of baseball. So, yes, that's probably the one I'm most excited about. Okay, so amplify this because I saw the data, and I'm not quite sure, uh, 8,000 games – and you claim that the the pitch clock, there were fewer injuries than more. Because I think there's a concern, Theo, as you know, when you when you condense everything, there's less recovery time between pitches, between innings. And you wonder, with all these arms conditioned to take those 30-second breaks and to, to have that kind of recovery time, how will it affect injuries? Is that the biggest concern that you've heard? Yeah, so the, the data basically showed that it was, you know, infinitesimally fewer injuries. So about, about the same, I think the biggest takeaway was, you know, it didn't spike injuries, which is obviously a concern. That's why we tested these rules as, as, as much as we did in the minor leagues was to make sure um, we avoided any unintended consequences and we would never, um, we would never do anything that, that increases um, injury risk. In fact, a lot of these rules, especially the bigger bases, um, are designed to try to enhance player safety. But, yeah, you're right. So there is data out there that um, increased time between pitches, um, enhances pitcher recovery. And, and, and what, what, what that leads to, though, is more pitches thrown at max effort. And there are studies out there that demonstrate that the, the, the single most dangerous thing you can do as a pitcher um, is – throw really hard with max effort often. And, and, and so, uh, you know, what happens naturally and, and what we used to see in the game back when pitching was more of an art and less of a display of pure power, which is what you see now, is pitches, pitchers would modulate their effort. You know, that back then it, it was a goal of a starting pitcher, not just to miss as many bats as you could for five innings and get out of there, but to, to get really deep in the game. So you'd see pitchers coming out throwing, you know, 89 in the first inning, and then in the big spot they'd ramp up to 93, 94 and, and, and modulate their effort. You would 
you'd see an occasional, you know, first pitch sinker down the middle to try to get a ground ball and be efficient or a one, one sinker down the middle, just get pitched to contact a little bit, which you don't see anymore. Pitching has evolved for a lot of different reasons um, into more of a pure power display where, where just about every organization and every pitcher is trying to go out there and, and miss, miss a lot of bats. So with, with the, with the, uh, slightly decreased recovery time between pitches, what we expect to happen will be that, you know, pitchers will modulate their effort a little bit more. If you don't have 30 seconds between pitches to make every pitch a Broadway production and, 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 and throw as hard as you can, every single pitch, the art of pitching will come back a little bit more and, and you'll see um, a little bit, a little bit more finesse and a little bit more modulated effort into the game rather than, pitchers redlining it all the time and, and pushing themselves to the, to the brink of injury. It, it is extraordinary to me that there is so much sudden change, right? Like it, it's not just one rule. There's four major rules at one time. Did you contemplate spreading it out more and, or is it better to just, uh, here we go with this, this is the new game. Um, look, I think, I think baseball as an industry can be slow to change and, and that the game, uh, you know, to slow to change with intention and that the, the game has been changing a lot on, on its own over, over the last several years, just through these optimizations and through the way organizations are, you know, positioning players, training players, you know, the, 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 the way players are going about playing the game. So I, I think we felt it was overdue um, and, and, you know, testing these rules in the minor leagues, I don't think we're, um, asking anything of players or umpires um, that that they can't handle. These are the best athletes in the world. Um, the, you know, the players have had input into these rules as well um, that they can't handle with an, an adjustment period. I mean, the, the pitch timer really does become second nature um, after, you know, the three to four week adjustment period. The bigger bases, we found that there's essentially, you know, no adjustment period or, or just a matter of a couple of weeks that that should be adjusted to by the end of spring training. And then, you know, the playing without extreme defensive shifts is simply, you know, a return to how the game was played for its first century and and how, you know, the game is still played the majority of the time. You're just you're just eliminating, you know, the extreme the extreme shifts. So that shouldn't be that much of an adjustment period. I think limiting the amount of um, pickoff throws, which isn't a necessary element of the pitch timer rule because right. it closes closes a loophole. That will take some adjusting to, um, and, and we think over spring training in the first few weeks of the season um, that should be accomplished. So, yeah, we there were some you know some other things contemplated and some things down down the road that, depending on the results of of um, you know these rule changes are contemplated that, that we felt this would be too much. This would be asking too much of the players. This would be asking too much of the umpire. So I feel like these rules were streamlined and simplified enough where they're, uh, it's realistic that we can go out and have uh, a really good season altogether. Dean, we know you know something about roster construction. So I'm curious, when you talk about banning the shift, you how will that affect p- perhaps how you put together an infield? We see here with the Cubs in Chicago, with it, we're very familiar with Nico Horner, moving to second base, Danzy Swanson signed to play shortstop. Basically, you have two shortstops up the middle because now maybe athleticism is a higher priority, or is it? I wonder, will that be a byproduct of these rules changes because of the way you want to structure your infield with guys who can get have mobility? 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think every organization will look at it a little differently, and that's that's the beauty of baseball, right? I think we want diversity in approach with what teams are trying to do to win, how teams interpret, you know, different different rule changes. Where you know teams should anticipate um, what style of play will help them win differently, and that's that's good for baseball. It's something we've gotten away from. The game has been homogenized somewhat, with everyone sort of trying to rely on power and patience and you don't see teams like the 85 Cardinals anymore with you know, seven guys who can fly and Jack Clark sitting in the middle, but you know, maybe you will now, maybe teams will take a different approach, but I think that the big obvious headlines, you know, you, you nailed it. Um, there's going to be a premium on middle infield defense, especially the second baseman. I think that's the, the position that um, the profile changes the most um, because the, you know, the most, the most effective shifts were, in the past were against left-handed hitters and you could really hide, you know, uh, a third baseman playing, you know, a, a third base profile um, at second base, knowing that when, when a lefty was up, you could put him in a position where he didn't have to range that much and give the shortstop the, the majority of the hard work. Well, now that second baseman's going to be naked. He's got to cover you know, along with the first baseman, cover the whole right side of the infield. You can't stick him deep, deep into shallow right field. So, uh, range, athleticism, ability to make plays at the extremity of your range. So in other words, diving plays where you, where you leave your feet, uh, glove the ball and, and pop up quickly and throw, throw the, the, the batter runner out. That's going to be extremely important. So I don't think teams are going to try to get away with a bat first, um, you know, sort of corner profile at second base anymore. I think you're going to need more athletic second baseman. That's, I think that's good for, good for the game. You know, the, the, rule changes like the bigger bases and the pickoff limitations that that also uh, encourage more stolen base attempts and encourage the running game might impact roster construction as well where you know just generally now you know players who can run players with good base stealing instincts are are, are going to be able to run more often and more successfully you know the last few years we've seen uh the league leader in stolen bases last year had 41 right. stolen bases the year before that was 39. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if as a result of these changes, teams, you know, skew a little bit more athletic with a little bit more team speed and there's a return to, you know, the Jose Reyes and Jacoby Ellsbury stealing 70 plus bags that we saw a decade ago, or, or heaven forbid, you know, Vince Coleman, Ricky Henderson guys stealing hundred plus bags. Like that, that wouldn't really be bad for baseball based on based on what fans are telling us. They they really do like the running game. So and then the last roster construction piece just with the with the shifts again is that it, it, it should restore a better in play environment for left handed hitters. You know, with 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 the extreme shifting, left handed hitters have had a much more difficult in play environment um, recently than they had previously and this should open up, you know, some more hits for those left handed hitters. Theo, thank you. Thanks a ton. This is a lot of fun. I, I, you know, we're really looking forward to the start of the season, obviously, and it, it's going to be cool. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it makes spring training uh, more interesting than it usually is. And we just encourage everybody to, you know, bear with us in April. You know, we know we know there's going to be an adjustment period that, that leaks into the season and patience with, with the players and the umpires and with the rules and um, – you know, ultimately, I think the game, I said this when we announced the rules, you know, the, the game is about the players and it's for the fans. And these rules, um, once the adjustment period happens, should put the players even more in the forefront of the action. 
you know, more, more frequently, not having to wait four minutes to put a ball in play, you know, put the players right in the spotlight, and ultimately it'll be a better better version of baseball on, on the field for, for the fans. So we appreciate everyone's support and cooperation. Let's look forward to, uh, you know, to an even better version of the game out there for us all to enjoy. Theo, you did a great job explaining it, but admit it, you you miss running a team a little bit, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's weird. This, this time of year – I wake up and I, I have that feeling like I'm forgetting something. I realize you know, like my body thinks I'm supposed to be in spring training right now, meeting with players, figuring stuff out. So yeah, this this time of year, you know, the draft, the trade deadline, postseason, uh, really do miss it. But I'm not even 50 yet, so I got, I got some years ahead of me to get back in. I think this is uh, I'm in the right role right now. I really appreciate the commissioner um, giving me the seat at the table for this important issue. Great stuff. Thanks, Theo. Thanks, Theo. All right, guys. See Good ya. talking to you. Take care. That's Bye. Theo Epstein. Wow. Huh? Not Good even stuff. 50. Not even 50. He's still the smartest guy in the 49 room. years old. His third act is going very well. Can't wait to see what's next. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it'll it'll there'll be winning involved. Let's say that, right? You heard it from him right there. I, I'm looking forward to this now a lot more than I was before. What about you? 312-644-6767. It's Molly and Hall on the score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We got some people want to check in the number 312-644-6767. Quick thing before we get to the phone calls. Yep. So when Theo's talking about the changes in infield const- roster construction yeah. and how offensive-minded second baseman might not be the thing of the future yeah. because of the premium placed on athleticism, you mouth to me socks right i just threw and my so, hands up. and i wrote down jake yeah. Berger because oh, i thought okay that's not going to be something that somebody like that really welcomes because you're going to have to put a premium more yes on defense and mobility and versatility and things like that you know what's interesting is like just talking to theo my mind is kind of racing and i'm thinking like wow the cubs really have 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 found the solution to the new rules right they got Dansby Swanson, a gold glove shortstop, and they've got a guy that was up for a gold glove at shortstop now moving to second. Yeah. That's a lot better than than not having a guy play sex. Someone texted in, uh, great, we got Leori Garcia. <laughs> so mean. It's almost as if these rules changes are ideal for the Cubs roster. Well, I mean, it's Theo. almost like, you know, they they – Sense what it was going to be, and they made a good move or good two. Good move. Yep. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Rob's in Rockford. Hey, Rob. How's it? How you doing? Good. good. Hey, uh, what are they going to do when I bring my left fielder over and play him in short right? Uh, yeah, that that is an interesting idea. Hit that, it to left field. Yeah, the <laughs> but it, it is it, you know the idea if you're going to fight this, so you have to. I have, dare you. You have to have two guys on. 
Yeah, well, that, that's the, the, that's a thing. Well, I mean, here's it's the, thing. the same kind of principle, but it's going to be probably right. not as often because of the huge risks involved. It's a lot different, I think, in taking your third baseman and putting him in short right, and you're not yes. having anybody on that side because then you may have a swinging bunt that dribbles down the, the line. But if you're taking your left fielder out of position and you hit the ball in the down the line and it goes to the wall, you're that's a run. He's talking about left-handed batters. And he's talking about Still. about that would be the adjustment that people will make to to uh, a shift. They will bring in the uh, the right fielder. I'm sorry, the the uh, left fielder, and have him move to kind of short short uh, center, Could so be. to speak. Could be. And yes. then your center fielder will be expected to cover a ton of ground. Still, a, r- a lot of risk involved. I there's think. a lot of risk, and there's involved, not going to be a but, perfect solution to every problem. Right. But I think this helps address one of the more glaring ones when you're talking about the way that shifts have changed the game. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a legitimate point, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. Rick's in Glenview. Hey, Rick. Good morning, guys. Good morning, guys. Hey, I, um, I, only caught, I only caught the tail end of uh, the interview with Mr. Epstein, so I don't know if this was addressed or not. But I was wondering if, if they had considered letting the, the shift get beaten organically by talent in other words if you want to beat if you want to stop somebody from shifting then just hit it down the left field line i know it's not that easy but it seems like rather than you know being creative and developing better players like they're saying are you talking about left-handed batters right hasn't that always been the case like i i mean hasn't that wouldn't that always have worked if the shift if there's no third baseman shouldn't that have been done all the time anyway Totally agree, but they never. Most batters never even tried. Yeah, I think it's a harder thing to do than you think, and I think the pitchers are trying to pitch. To, it's it's, to it's hitting is so hard. Yeah. already that to be able to place the ball like that. But it's a good point. It's something they're going to have to. We we'll just have to watch to see how teams adjust to their spray charts, to their analytical research, to show where guys hit the ball and try to position their fielders as as best they can to those spots. Let's try Psycho. He's in Westchester. Hey, Psycho. Hey, guys. Great interview with Theo, and I definitely miss him. I got three questions about these rule changes, okay. which I'm not a fan of. First off, the pitch clock. Who's watching the pitch clock? Is it like a buzzer that goes off after 15 seconds? And my second question is, if there's a uh, – if you're on the grass and the hitter doesn't hit the ball and – can you protest that because he wasn't on the infield? And my third question is, now, if the infielder – can it be like a coach's challenge if the infielder's not on the infield? If you want to challenge it, like, what happens with that then? I mean, well, the, 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 um, the umpire – the rules are that you can't be on the grass. you got to be in front of the grass. You can be deep in the infield, but you have to be in front of the grass. And – um and you have to have two guys on each side of second base. And you have umpires out there making sure this is happening before every pitch. So I think that's one of those things. The pitch clock, the way I understand it, will be visible, much like in basketball, NBA right. games, the shot clock is not anything anybody wonders about. Oh, hey, look, it's down to eight. Oh, boy, the shot clock's at six. They better get a shot off. I think everybody's going to be able to see it. You'll fall into the rhythm of the game. Yes. So, so you'll have to throw a pitch within 15 seconds unless someone gets on base, and, and then 20. it becomes 20. Mm-hmm. So you'll have more of an opportunity. And the disengagement rules, someone texted in, 
So the the you you throw to, you can throw to first, right? And then you can do that twice. You can do it a third time, but if you don't get the guy out, like if 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 you believe that someone's going to take like a thirty, uh, you know, like a thirty foot lead because you've already thrown twice, you can still throw to first and get him out. But if you don't get him out, then he goes to second. They treat it like a balk. You better be sure. Yes. If you go, you can still do it though. You can to still get do the it. out. Yeah, if it works, third time you win. Right. If it doesn't, you pay the price of that base. Yeah. So it's a calculated risk, which I think adds to the fun of it. Yeah. Let's uh, let's try Dave. Dave's on the road. Hey, Dave. Yeah, I'm old enough to be watch Burley too, but I remember the 2005 opener that was like an hour and a half long because Burley pitched. But <laughs> the biggest the biggest complaint was my the kids when they quit baseball is it's too slow a game. Yeah. So so I think this is awesome. I think it's amazing. I I I think that they should have a pitch a pitch count. I love the fact, I mean, uh time clock. clock. Yeah. I think they yeah, I love the fact that you can only throw over there. That drives me crazy. It's, I shut the TV off when I have some guy who's throwing over to first base 25 times. It was stupid, and it made the game too long, and a lot of times you couldn't watch it because it was going on so long. So, no, I think it's. I think these rule changes are needed, and I love the fact, and you were talking about, I heard the guy that a few callers ago about why can't they hit it to uh, right field, right. I mean left field, when they do the shift. Well, because these pitchers are so good, they can right. hit spots. Right. And they can hit the inside of that plate like nobody's business. So that's it was the easiest thing in the world for these guys to do. It's, Thanks for the phone call, Dave. I'm yeah. as excited as you are because I think that this these changes are going to make it a lot more fun to watch. I agree with you. Uh, you know, um, we're going to stick with the calls. 312-644-6767. I, I kind of, this text really disturbs me because I hadn't considered this. The guy says the pitch clock flat out sucks uh, and, and the extra inning runner. This may be my last season of MLB. The clock makes me anxious when watching on the MLB app. I, I hadn't thought about that, though. That would make me anxi- Why? anxious. Why? Because Why? I, I, like, I, I want my guy... To get the do, do, do you I, get I anxious be, every time the shot clock runs down and Zach Levine's holding the ball for the Bulls? I but I but you do hear people like five, four, three, shoot! Like you oh, do oh, get oh, a little okay. anxious, a I, little bit. Okay, I just get I'm, over it. What about my mental health? <laughs> I know. David? I, I'm not saying that. I can't saying, have more anxiety. That's the last thing that I would worry about is fans getting anxious because the shot, the the shot clock, the pitch clock, whatever the case may be. Oh my god, makes uh. me nervous now. 312-644-6767. It's Mullion Hall on the score. The data basically showed that it was, you know, infinitesimally fewer injuries, so about about the same. I think the biggest takeaway was, you know, it didn't spike injuries, which is obviously a concern. That's why we tested these rules as, as, as much as we did in the minor leagues, was to make sure we avoided any unintended consequences and we would never do anything that, that increases injury risk. In fact, a lot of these rules, especially the bigger bases, are, are designed to try to enhance player safety. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. Always a joy to hear Theo talk about anything. Theo. The guy yeah. could, you know, read a children's book and I'd be fascinated. Uh, he's definitely he in, in the right book. guy to be out in front 
of this Major League Baseball initiative. And it is an initiative. It's a, it's, this is a PR campaign, letting people know, informing baseball fans what's coming, why it makes sense, yeah. and how you can get behind it. He is the right guy for this role. Oh, he's the um, – I mean, could you imagine Rob – I don't think so. No, no, I don't. And that's what's impressive well, about it, Molly. Baseball pitching – I mean, really, baseball itself, <laughs> uh, you know, people are playing for a bunch of metal. I mean, who cares what the rules are? Like, so, he would just not handle that correctly. This was a savvy move if it was yeah. – if he was involved in it because they needed somebody who could sell the ideas – do it eloquently, succinctly, and Theo has, is able to pull that one off. And that's why they put him on MLB Network last night. That's why he is available and accessible to explain this. And that's why people are kind of intrigued by what's next. And I am I, all anxiety gone. Uh, that guy triggered me a little bit because I thought, like, one of the fun things about baseball is you don't have any anxiety. You're not worried about time. But then I remembered that I used to go watch Mark Burley pitch because I loved the pace that he pitched with, and I never felt anxiety over what was going on or See? whether it was. I, I, I think if if I'm going to a Burley game, if my life now becomes a series of Burley games, that's a good thing. And I'm the, enriched. And the clock behind the catcher and in center field will just yeah. be another, like an right. add to you or You're balls right. and strikes on a scoreboard. You'll just get yes. used to it. Yes. You'll internalize it and won't have to worry about Talk about things being spiked. Nobody will have to worry about your blood pressure being spiked. Serenity now. Troy is in Coal City. Hey, Troy. I uh, I love the new rules, but Theo was talking about, uh, you know, unintended consequences for the players. Mm. And I was kind of thinking about the fans because if you're shortening these games by a half hour, 30,000 fans over the course of a season, that is a ton of lost revenue in uh, concessions. So do you think that that's somehow going to get passed down to the fan through higher prices there or ticket prices? I hope not. Yeah. It's an interesting question. It is interesting. Shorter games, higher prices because there won't be as many people there to buy concessions. I guess that is an unintended consequence potentially. I got to be honest with you. When I go to a game, I, I usually, I don't start out consuming concessions I eventually get to it, and I don't continue it for the rest of the game. I, I don't really, you know, go out boozing. So it's not like I'm trying to get a couple more in before the end of the game. But his so point is well taken, though, because I, I think it's an interesting just idea. mathematically, statistically, yes. you're going to yeah. have less time but, to stand in line. But you'll have more people wanting to go. See, I think that's the other part yeah. of it. Yeah. The in, in theory, I mean, it's yeah. difficult to measure this one season – uh, it has to be multiple seasons, and you look at the bigger picture. But if this increases attendance, then people are more inclined to want to go because they're not going to have to waste an afternoon or an evening sitting through another boring baseball game. They're like, hey, let's go. We'll be out in three hours. Boom. Maybe they go then. Frankie Z's on the road. Frankie, good morning. Hey. Hello, boys. I haven't talked to you in a while. Hey, listen, on this, I, I might stump you on this one, on this rule change thing. Sure. Okay, I'm a, I'm a major league manager, right? Last mm-hmm. year, so-and-so comes up to bat. I put I bring my shortstop over the right side. I got three guys on the dirt. I can't do that now this coming year. But I'm a smart manager, so why don't I do this? I leave my second baseman on the dirt just like he was. I leave my first baseman on the dirt like he was. And I bring my right fielder in onto the shorter grass 
Um, and I pretty much got the same setup I would have had otherwise. So what prevents me from moving my outfielder? And are you going to tell me how depth I, I can play them to? Ha-ha, I, did I say? What do you think about that one? I, I think that you probably can do that the way we understand it, Frankie, but I do think you're running a bit of a risk there because what if the, they hit the ball to right field? Right. <laughs> or to left field. I know I know I know that that could happen anyway, but I think there's a difference between if the, if you hit something down an infield and and you hit a, a base hit where they're not on the infield versus something that's in the gap that goes to the wall. You're talking about extra bases, you're talking about a, more damage being done potentially. I don't know if that's a risk that a lot of managers would want to take, but it's going to have to play out. Well, I, I mean, the, you know, the shift worked mainly with left-handed hitters, right? So what you would do in that case would be you would leave you would leave the the um, the you know I, I and I don't know you have to be on on one side of second base, right? You could still leave um, you could still move everybody over toward second base, right? I mean, you could play those guys tighter. Um, you'd have the, the second baseman and the first baseman. Then you bring in the left fielder, and he plays sort of a uh, a short center, and that would be the same effect, basically, right? Yeah. I, there's always going to be a way right. to there, circumvent the system if you can. Yeah, you, you can't legislate everything out of the game. Well, and maybe they eventually will say, you know, you have to have – one outfielder in this portion. Let's see how this goes. Let's see. How Let's see how this goes. Let's just see. Yeah. 312-644-6767. We're going to stay with your calls. It's Molly and Hall on the score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 